Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast, the community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to yet again, it's going to be another amazing episode. Um, I'm here with a teammate, a brother, one of one of in arms of combat, but two different countries. Um, I'm going to call him by his call sign and I'll let him introduce himself, but why don't y'all join me in welcoming my guy, Sylvie, to the show. What's up? What's up, man? Thank you very much for having me. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, they can probably hear, for the, hear from the voice. We're from two different countries, but but indeed, we are brothers in arms, man. I, I love you. Thank you for being here. I know I love you, man. <laughs> I know why of that. But I'm going to ask you to kind of just open up and, and talk to the, the community about, you know, you. How do you see yourself? How do you show up? you know, in this world. And we'll go from there, man. Cool. Um, it's, uh, it's a great privilege to, to have this platform because I'm fairly new in the community and as, and as much as I'm trying to transition into becoming a coach, um, the reason for that will become clear as we go through. But um, I'm an artist. I'm a poet. Although I didn't know it, I know that's a bit of a, a cliche, <laughs> but uh, the whole conundrum about is it creative writing, is it poetry? But uh, knowing that I was coming on, I, I wrote something and it kind of sums me up. Um, so it's called Who Am I? So we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, I'm Neil Sylvester, known to many as Sylvie. Since leaving school, I've been a labourer, a market porter, infantry soldier, rubbish collector, machine operator, police officer, shift supervisor, college student, call centre worker, bar manager, shooting centre worker, and a warehouse operative. I'm an artist, a creative writer, and now an aspiring three principles practitioner. I've been married and divorced twice, managed to mess up a third long-term relationship. I've been diagnosed with all manner of mental illnesses, beaten a gambling addiction, self-harm, and borderline alcohol dependency. I've had four surgeries on my spine, which has led to a huge increase in weight, a decrease in mobility and dexterity, residual nerve damage, chronic pain, and I still have spinal cord compression in my neck, which is apparently too risky to fix. Throughout all of these experiences, I was looking for an excuse, a reason why, or somebody to blame often happy to become the latest diagnosis and hide behind its symptoms. At least it meant I could blame it all on anything but me. I've pulled on the mask for when I had to do the unavoidable adult things, only to rip it off when I returned home to my uncomfortable, comfortable safe space. One day it was gently pointed out to me that in fact I was innocently missing the truth to life. I was actually 100% okay the whole time. I just didn't know it. I was living in a reality constructed by my own negative thoughts. Stop the bus, drop the mic, hashtag mind blown, light bulb moment, whatever you want to call it. Initially, I was very angry at the amount of life I'd wasted before then understanding that it was all done innocently. 
Now with the limit, limitless potential facing me, I'm making it my mission in life to reconnect as many people as possible to the innate well-being that we all possess. In doing so, hoping that we can then retire a certain expression that haunts so many of our brothers and sisters. Only the dead see the end of war. So I wrote that last night just to, so that people can have a, an understanding of where I'm coming from and what my mission is, you know? So Yeah, I, I love... I love the piece when, when I can find myself in it. Yeah. You know, uh, we originally met. Um, one, thank you. One, thank, thank you for that, that, the way you introduced yourself there. Uh, I guess I am going to pick with you now that I think about it, because you said you didn't know it. Well, now I'm glad you know it, because uh, <laughs> the two things I've heard that you've written has just been amazing, man. Like so, so super kudos on that. But before we get into that, I want to I want to go back to to where we met. All right, so we met at the MIA uh, checkup group, uh, and shout out to Dave and Paul, uh, two amazing amazing individuals who were also with you on stage, which we'll talk about later as well. But um, kind of walk me through, man, what got you to the to the association, uh, kind of in your life. So I was originally invited to just collaborate and, and do the artwork for the, the Dave told me about the, the concept and that the him and Paul had met and they'd come up with this idea that they wanted to produce a book of hope, a book of stories for people to read, because as we both know, the military community is not always forthcoming. Um, they, they might watch from behind the scenes or wait until they, they know somebody that they recognize or can relate to before they'll commit to, to even just speaking or showing up. So the idea was that there was a book available for people to read and try and identify themselves within a story. Mm -hmm. um, and I was I was asked to, to do the, the, the cover for the, the book and the artwork, um, which I've done. And then I, I kind of just sort of hung about and joined in on the calls and I'm now slightly more <laughs> than just that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a, a few poems spattered throughout it as well, a bit of writing as well. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 a great thing, and and it's what I like about it is it's not just military; it's um, it's for all first line response basically. So all emergency services, or yeah, I mean, I, I, depending on where you are, it would be security services. Um, but I mean, we we're pretty inclusive, you know. It's it's well, one of the I was I was doing Aaron and Leela's one thought course, and one of the people on that was she's a vet, uh, a, a veterinarian, and you don't really consider them as a frontline service until you understand what yeah, they're until doing. Some happen to your dogs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, they get called out all sorts of of as incidents, you know, like to, to help out and. So, yeah, yeah and, and the burnout that she described, you know, and it was very similar, very similar to, to what, so, yeah. Um, but that, that's how I got involved with that. And then I just I love of, that. I, I think, like I said at the conference, I think they wanted me on just to bring the, the age bracket down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But kind of yeah. walk me through what it's been like. Like, what is kind of, what's been some of the impact that it's made on your life? What's some of the insights that you've seen as, as a result of working, working with them in this group? Uh, so far, I mean, 
it's really nice when you when you get people we've done a mixture of sort of live streaming on Facebook which was okay but we couldn't then speak directly to people mm-hmm. um, so we prefer the, the the zoom calls you know and, and when you get somebody on and you just talk to them and then you see them the video comes on and then it will click off again and then it will come on again yeah and they ask a question and yeah and even just to hold the space with them and and see that they can see something and it's not necessarily that they're all in but because of our background you know like there's that trust i mean that that's exactly why i sort of it was dave that pointed out to me and he was my platoon commander so i trust that man with my life yeah 100% no doubt no doubt so why would he be telling me something that was was going to put me in harm or or you know so that trust that bond that we build that's the, the big thing and you can see it immediately when when people put the camera on and start talking it's it's like you're back in in the naffy or in, in the mess hall or in in the barrack room you know that, yeah you're in the safe space yeah and that that's the the key rob yeah they feel safe yeah you know and and that's i think getting people to feel relaxed and safe is the that's the key I, I, I would agree. Up. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I remember um, a, a young lady who was um, on one of the courses I, I was teaching and we were talking and having a discussion and she she's about to do a tech talk. And um, she, her big idea was, what if you don't have to be uncomfortable? Like, and so we were, we were bouncing that around. And I remember listening to her talk about it. And I was like, oh, man, you're right, because when I'm uncomfortable, I don't listen. I'm not trying to change. I'm on edge. I'm on, I'm on defense. I think something's wrong. So why would I ever put myself in that state to learn something or to, to grow? It's like, that's like counterproductive. It's like, if I really want to change, I need to be safe. I need to feel safe enough to kind of let my shield down to then look at my wounds and patch them up, you know, but I'm definitely not taking my shield off when bullets are flying. That doesn't make sense. Or at no. least when I think they're flying, you know. Yeah. And it's the the whole, that thought-based reality that we create, the negative side of it, we forget that we are pack animals. You know, we thrive on contact and mm-hmm. and being around each other. And, and like just at the conference, you know, like, how many hugs did you get? How many, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, just walking past and a little touch on the shoulder and, you know, and it's amazing that it just, yeah, it's it's strange. You know, like the the film The Highlander when they take the energy. <laughs> That's what it feels like, but not not quite as grim as that. But, yeah. Know, yeah, no, yeah. I did I did recognize the touches though. How yeah. how special that feel? You know, having seen everybody in on Zoom for the past two years, what a hug from from some friends that you know I had seen, and hugs from new friends that I had you know, who had never met physically before. So that, that was um, very, very beautiful to kind of ex- experience. So, um, man, you mentioned a lot in your, your, your talk about yourself earlier. Um, but one that kind of keeps jumping out to me is this poetry thing, whether you are, whether you are not, right? <laughs> and there's been pieces that I've heard, you know, that you've done, and then you've done some artwork, but kind of, Again, given what you face, even even that uh, I might even make this one available video 
on on another platform so they can kind of see our energy but you don't look like the the guy who's going to be doing poetry you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like you know muscular the, the the beard the long beard the former military guy the ptsd guy whatever you want to call it like how how did you get to the part where where poetry began to show up uh in your life and and you let it um i think it's it's always been there from like as a as a small child my mum used to read to us before mm. bed you know okay. and, and not not just anything just you know like proper novels and 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 really good stories so yeah there was that and there was always a, an interest in in language and, and vocabulary and 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 it's strange because moved around I grew up in London in my sort of teen teen years so I went to school in London Okay. Um, so I developed an accent there, and then I moved to Scotland and developed an accent there. But basically, I had to learn a whole <laughs> new language. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's just been like a secret sort of fascination. To the same as the artwork, you know, like I was always able to do it, but suppressed it because in the time that I grew up, it wasn't considered. I don't know, macho, or you know, it was. Yeah. Like, that becoming, I, mean, I played rugby as a kid. I was always going to be joining the infantry, so you, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you it wasn't it wasn't tough enough for you at that time. Don't really put your hand up to the sergeant major and say, "I've got a poem that will describe <laughs> this." You know, it's, yeah, <laughs> a kick up the arse and sent on your way. But, uh, <laughs> That's too funny. But I'm actually glad you did it. I'm actually glad you did it because the one you read at the conference was man, just magical. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. what was that experience like you know you were there was the 3p uk conference there yeah. you are on stage presenting in the main session you know in it's front of day, everybody yeah. <laughs> i happened to follow you as well that was all it's always gonna be tricky um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie i was i was nervous you can't you can't not be nervous but i think the way i deal with nerves is if you're nervous it means it means something to you yeah if you're not nervous then it doesn't matter you know that that's the way I view things like that. So it's like you're nervous for before a job interview. You're nervous if if you see like a, a partner that you want to get with, or you know like that sort of it means something. So it was it was good. And then we had lunch, and uh, I'll never forget this. So the privilege of of meeting Bill for his last last time he's coming over, mm -hmm. and he sat down and the same. I've seen him so many times on Zoom, but never met him. And he sat down and he went, how are you doing, Sylvia? You all right? And I said, I'm, I'm good, yeah, I'm a bit nervous. And he just touched me on the shoulder and went, you'll be okay. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, what? Uh, and then I just felt bulletproof, you know, just, uh, yeah. yeah. But, Bill being Dr. Pettit. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pettit, no, yeah. no, it's, and it's so, because there's so many Bills in the, in the community. They'd be like, which Bill was touching? But yeah. I had a... <laughs> 
I had a story about um, Dr. Pet. I just sent him a thank you note the other day because there was a moment I was caught up at the conference and his, his touch also kind of brought yeah. me back along with some other friends and um, who were there to, to support during that time. Yeah, man, it's, it's something about waking up to those senses, you know, feeling something new, feeling something different. Yeah. Um, so there you are on stage, a little bit nervous, but you show up. What's happening that point, you know, when you get on stage? Uh, there's, it's like the, you know, the swan analogy where you're sort of gliding along on the yeah. top, all, all majestic, and underneath <laughs> people are like, ah, inside the butterflies, you know, and yeah, I think I naturally sort of go towards comedy just to to try and, if you get somebody laughing, it, it makes you feel more relaxed, I think, I don't know, okay. I've always done that, yeah. and I've, I've got that, my, my dad's been like, took the piss out of us our whole life, basically, just to make us ready for the real world, you know, but um, <laughs> yeah, and when I got a little bit of feedback and then looking down and seeing you guys in the front row, that, that helped, you know, that definitely helped. Um, I was a bit over overwhelmed when I finished and went to sit down and, and everybody stood up. That was a bit, uh, a bit emotional, you know, it's, but it's the perfect place for it to happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a safe yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah. Just watching you, man, uh, was so cool. Like, the excitement I had, like, I, I'm not, I'm not one to get, I, I don't know, nervousness, just, I don't feel like I know strangers, like yeah. there's no strangers. So, so I don't really get nervous. I get excited. Now I'll get a little too excited. <laughs> you know, that's my thing. I'll, I'll be too giddy or too excited uh, when it comes to, to meeting people or doing things like that. But man, I was just so exciting watching you, whether the, the feet were on blast underneath the water, but yeah just what I was witnessing was smooth sailing. Like it was smooth sailing, man. You, um, I do also love laughter because it's one of the, the things I talk about as part of the framework for healthy living. Like laughing is the only thing, what not the only thing, laughing is something you can do in the present. Yeah. It's not, you can't do it in the past and can't do it in the future. You have to be present to laugh. You know, it's one of those things. So that's why I think it, it does exactly what you were talking about. Um, kind of connects us very quickly because we're, we're here now. Um, but now what, though? So you spoke on stage. We got the book, the MIA, you know, Book of Peace, Book of Hope. That's, that's still working and still coming through, through what the MIA will be doing. You said inspiring practitioner. You know, what, what now? Well, I'm, I'm looking to... I'm trying to have, I've made inroads. I'm looking to hopefully get, um, I was in a police up in Scotland. Okay. So I'm, I'm hoping to make connection there and see if there's something we can do to help those guys, whether it's in their training before they get deployed to the streets or if it's, they do like a, an annual first aid and officer safety refreshment thing okay. every year, if we could be part of that. Um, I just, uh, when I was in the police, I had a couple of bouts of depression and, the counseling that they offered, although it was professional, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. And I hear the story so many from so many of the people that are still in and yeah. that have left as well, you know. Um, so I, I'm looking at that. I'm, I, I really want to sort of, I've got a part-time job at the moment, which just about covers the bills, but I, I would, I just want to do this full-time, you know. it's yeah. it, it feels like a, like when I, when, I, when I come off that stage, I felt like I was in the right place. Yeah. 
Do you know? And uh, yeah, I yeah. feel like there's there's so much potential and so much love to just re. I just like I said, I want to reconnect everybody with that innate wellness, you know, and just try and change the change the thinking that you're not what people are diagnosing you as. Yeah. You know, like yes, you have those symptoms, but you aren't that. Um, it's just a bit like everybody really that gets the realization you just want to scream from the top of the roof, don't you? You grab <laughs> yeah. people and shake them and say, You're all right, <laughs> you're all right, wake up, yeah. you're all right. Yeah. But what was knowing? I mean, I love the smile on your face, knowing you're all right, but how hard was it for you having all those diagnoses and trying to get right? It was, yeah, very tough. Um. So I mentioned self harm, and there I resorted to that, and that was that was a strange one, self harm. You know, it was it was more of a I wanted to feel physical pain to yeah. match the pain in my mind. Mm. Um, so that was it. That was that. I contemplated suicide a number of times, never actively done an attempt, but um, the closest I got was sitting in the loft with a rope and then looking down and seeing my dog. And my dog looked up at me as if to say, well, we're we going for a walk. Or, you know, and it's like, ah, yeah. Mm. Um, so saved, saved by the dog, you know. Um, but I think what I was what what I was caught up in, and what a lot of people innocently get caught up in is looking for a reason, looking for an excuse. Why do I feel like this? And and every yeah. time I went, so you're not that anymore, you're this. Or they would slightly move move the goalpost so you've got this and this and it's like well what, what does that mean you know and they're like right well that's you for the rest of your life just take these pills and you're yeah and and some of the some of the pills so sort of, well I, I tried one of them and it, they sent me into a sort of a psychosis you know so i had to come straight off of that one but yeah frustrating frustrating yeah. and um lonely as well you know like surrounded by friends and family but lonely and it's yeah. it's ironic now that i live on my own but i'm not lonely yeah 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 so yeah that's it's, pretty that's pretty pretty cool uh that being able to it's more than cool actually being able to see that that transition and transformation of life and it's also funny because when we were talking about when i said i also had a story of uh, dr pettit and his touch you know putting him in position mm-hmm. It was because I didn't want to have a feeling I was having. Yeah. And I was trying to find another, like I was cycling through a bunch of other thoughts to feel another way because I just didn't want to be sad. Yeah. And it was like, as soon as he kind of shook, you know, my leg a little, it was okay to have that experience. And I was going to be fine. It's kind of like I was saying, it was the first time, you know how they say a broken clock is right two times a day. Yeah. Right. You know, it was the first time that I was 100% in well-being and 100% sad. They were both existing at the same time and I could see them clearly separate, but together. It was, it was, it was so interesting because it was like, oh, wow. I know well-being is always, this is just a moment where sadness just so happened to land at the same exact moment. I was so clear that well-being exists for me. Yeah. Wow. But the well-being didn't have to go away for me to deal with the sadness. No, you can be you well know? and tired. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that was, that was what was so cool about the experience was like, whoa, 
it, it was just so cool to, to witness that, man. Um, bro, I, I just really want to thank you, man, for uh, one, stopping by and sharing your story and being so open uh, about your experiences and, and, and what you've gone through to, to get to your, your resilient understanding that you share now. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to open up a little bit more, man, and then just, just share some few words with the community. Um, it's, it's your time for them to, if you got some, you know, website information, you know, anything like that, you want to tell them where to find you drop that in there. Um, but anything that's just on your heart, man, uh, share it with us. And again, from all the listeners, man, I love you. Thank you. Uh, and appreciate you stopping by. Thanks so much, man. I just, uh, after seeing you at the conferences, I've got to get on that show. I've got to. <laughs> I'll get on that show because I listen to it all the time and it's, it's awesome what you do um, I just yeah it's like I said at the start I'm, I'm, I'm new to it so I, I I want to be a coach I want to help people I want to to share this understanding and 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 see people you know that that moment when you get that realisation and you see it in somebody's eyes and it's almost like taking, uh, let's use an example of like taking your kit off after a, a loaded march, that weight off your shoulders, you can see them physically relax. And and that that to me is is just, yeah, I want, I want to see that. I want to connect with everybody. Um, I don't have a website at the moment. I'll, I'll be building, building that up once, once I get a bit more work, hopefully coming in and and things like that. So really starting right from the very bottom. Um, yeah, but if, if people want to get in touch with me, then it's you can email me, um, sylvie2595 at icloud.com. Um, through Facebook, just Neil Sylvester, but you, you'll see this this face on this, or you'll recognise that. Yeah, it's, it's just such a, a life-changing experience. I just can't say enough how I, I just want to be there for everybody and just help everybody. But I mean, the, the veteran community and then the, the police community over, over here, you know, like the, the burnout that they're going through and obviously the, the, the things that the, the veterans have been put through is it's massive to us. And the more we can do that, to help them, the better. Um, but getting back to that, that only the dead see the end of war. If we can make that go, so you can go and experience something as horrific as that and then live a happy life again after, knowing that you are well and that you're, you're not your memories, not your experiences, that, that to me would be the, the ultimate goal. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.